understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. What's up, guys? Welcome back to The Stranded Phase Podcast. It is your host, Jessica Hurley, and I am here with another incredible guest. And I'm so excited because I think right now, more than ever, the most important thing is to learn how to unleash the power of your message and truly use your voice to transition people, to transform people, and to put them and bring the light to where people really want to be. And even more importantly, raise awareness to things that really matter, especially in a time like this. You were given a voice, you were given a passion, and you were given an understanding to really bring awareness to things that matter. Again, especially in a time like this, I couldn't think of a better person an international speaker, 11-time best-selling author, and most importantly, a master speaking coach for entrepreneurs like you and me to the Strand of Face podcast. So I'm so excited to welcome Dr. Cheryl Wood, aka Cheryl Empowers to the Stranded Face podcast. Thank you for having me. I've been looking forward to this and I'm super excited to be here to have this juicy conversation that I know we're about to have. Listen, your speaking ability and just the things that you have been through to get where you are, I was blown away. I had an opportunity to meet you through your invitation to have me on your platform. And boy, you got some loyal fans. (laughs) Woo, you got some listeners. You got an audience. I was blown away. But that's because you stick to the number one rule. And the number one rule of entrepreneurship is to always figure out how to give value. You give with like, I have watched you give, give, give with no return. And I think people get that mixed up with know your worth. Mm. I think people think as soon as they create something, they have to then charge for it immediately and charge a high price so that they can make money from it. But what I've watched you do is give and give and give and then receive. That's so so powerful to watch you do the way you give to your audience. Oh, I love that. I kind of function on the whole premise of you reap what you sow. I know that's biblical, but you know, we got to add some biblical some time in our journey. You do, you reap what you sow. But I think the mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is they think that they're going to reap where they sow. Mm. And what I need you to understand is sometimes where you're planting the seed is not where the harvest is going to come in. It's going to come from somewhere completely different, sometimes from complete strangers that you didn't even expect to get that reaping from completely left field because you were sowing over in the right field. So yes, you'll reap what you sow, but it is not necessarily the fact that you will reap where you sow. Listen, can I tell you a true story? Yes. (laughs) So this is with you. And I think this is so interesting. And it just, it really measures in what you've done in so many ways. And your message that you just said, you reached out to me via email. I think this was two months ago, three months ago, right before the pandemic, or it might've been right on top of the pandemic. And you said, Hey, I'm doing this series and I want to give to my audience. Would you be willing to teach a one hour class on podcasting? And I was like, Sure, absolutely. When looked at your platform, I was like, you know, she's very authentic. She looks very genuine in her messaging. She's been doing this for a while. So I saw that you had been doing this for a while. And I was like, absolutely. Signed up. 
So I sign up for your list too, to get all of the emails. First of all, I have never seen someone so committed. How many weeks did you do this? Seven weeks, seven weeks, every Tuesday and Wednesday, I interviewed 24 epic women. So your audience got 24 epic one hour interviews for free, correct? <laughs> yep, for free. And all they had to invest was their time. <laughs> not interviews, because I know I gave out straight game. I literally told yep. them how to start a podcast. Yep. Like you were not just asking like foo-foo questions. This was like, give my people the game. Yes. 24 interviews for free for seven weeks during the pandemic. So the people during the pandemic were indeed learning, right? Yep. And then we came around and we sent them the replays for free. We didn't sell the replays. We gave that for free. I'm telling you though, when you serve at a high level, it is always coming back to you. Always, always coming back tenfold. And you don't ever have to guess that abundance and prosperity and wealth is going to find you. It's going to chase you down when you choose to serve. And that's what I've been making this entire, everything that we're going through in COVID-19 and beyond, it has all been about how do I serve? How do I serve? Because think about it. If you're a speaker, if you're a person who has a core message, now's the time for you to open your mouth and speak up. This is not the time for you to be quiet. This is not for the time for you to self-quarantine and isolate yourself. No, you have been born for a time such as this because people are looking for hope, inspiration, motivation, empowerment. They're looking to better themselves and all different types of skill sets because we have more time than we've ever had before. So this is the perfect time to step up and serve. I said at the start of the pandemic that I thought it was, I know it seemed hard, but that I felt like more leaders were going to be born of this pandemic than ever before. And now I'm watching what's happening now, you know, with the race riots and just all of the injustice. And I'm like, that was premature. Like the 2020, this is a shift in leadership. 2020 will be the entire year of new leaders, new advocates and incredible voices being born. So if you are plagued with anger and dismay and stress and a feeling that is bubbling in your soul, that means you need to talk. Absolutely. And somebody needs your perspective. They need to hear your perspective. They need to hear your input. They need to hear your encouragement. They need to hear whatever the thing is that's, like you said, that's kind of bubbling forth inside of you. Do not keep yourself on mute right now. Like, go ahead and unmute yourself. Turn up the volume on your own channel so that you can serve the people who need what your voice is going to bring to their lives. And like you said, there is, there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of frustration right now. There's a lot of desperation because some people have lost their jobs due to COVID. There's all these emotions that people are going through. And some of them, they don't know how to handle that emotion. They don't know how to move forward. They don't know how do I not stay stuck in the emotions that I'm feeling. So I promise you, every single one of us as leaders have something to offer to various audiences, but you have to value what you have to offer enough to speak up and unleash your voice. You're not going to unleash your voice if you're still questioning whether or not your voice even matters. So it starts there as a fundamental inside job. Like I have to believe that what I have to say matters enough for me to turn up that volume. Oh my God. I have so many questions. That was so good. <laughs> okay. You said something about like, no matter who you are and what type of platform you have, you have something to say and someone to influence. I have a handful of non-black and white listeners that do listen to this podcast. And I think there's so many of them that have an insecurity around speaking up right now. You know, I just spoke with a woman, a non-Black woman business owner that I'm working with. And she was like, I'm terrified to say something, you know? And then I have other non-Black and white people that are asking me, what are you doing so we can follow suit? And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
<laughs> you need to use your own platform right now to say something. And so for those people that, because this is true, some of them are feeling real insecurity about speaking up. I personally know exactly how I feel about this, but yeah. I want to hear from a black woman who's frustrated and angry and over it. And, you know, just seeking and ready for change. The people that are feeling the same exact way that are non-black and white, what can they say? What should they be saying? How can they use their platforms for good? Yeah, I mean, I think two words that come to my mind are alignment and integrity. At your core, who are you? Are you always in alignment, regardless of what's happening? Are you always in alignment with what your core morals, values, and principles are, number one? And then are you have an integrity for standing up for what's right and what's just? All of us saw the George Floyd video. Like, that's not something that any of us can unsee. And you're either a person who is willing to stand up for what's right and what's just, or you're not. And all I say is just honor who you really are. And if you are having a problem opening your mouth and standing up for what's right, just in humanity, not even like take the race part off, just humanity. If you saw that happen to any person, if that was your dad or your uncle or your father or whoever, how would you feel and would you want others to stand with you? So if you're a person just by humanity who says, I believe in what's right and what's just, then you need to share that. And I'm not saying that it has to be politically correct. I think everybody has a different perspective and a different outlook. And your experience is not going to be my experience and mine is not going to be yours. But there's something about just standing up for what's right and saying, I hated what I saw or I didn't like what I saw or this is one of the worst things I've ever experienced or witnessed in my life. Even if you have nothing else that goes behind that, even if you don't have a dot, 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 did you at least open your mouth and share out of humanity what seeing that video did to you. Because some of us don't know, we don't have the right words to formulate and articulate, and we don't want to offend. And our experience might be different than someone else. But I think at the end of the day, when you look back on what has happened in 2020 and this racial and political unrest being a part of that, did you stand up for what was right just based on fundamental humanity? Can I ask you an interesting question? Yes. So I'm watching everyone's response as we all are and sometimes have to take a break from it because it can yep. be uncomfortable. It can be triggering. And before I even get into that, I want people to understand that this will have to be uncomfortable. Yep. This is how black people have been feeling their entire lives. Welcome to the club. Like <laughs> the feeling yep. that you are experiencing right now is required in order for there to be a revolution, in order for there to be any type of change. But I also see like a lot of unnecessary hate. Mm -hmm. And so how do we speak up and use our platforms to create change and not create hate because mm -hmm. I think there needs to be accountability. Yep. Absolutely. And there needs to be change. I think there's a thin line right now in between that and creating hate from this. Yeah. I think people who have hate in their heart, they're going to reveal themselves. <laughs> it's just like, there's look, maybe they've been laying low, but this is the perfect opportunity for the people who are hate-filled to come out and you see more of them more now yeah. than ever before. So I just thank God for revealing people for who they really are. If that's who you are, I just want to know that's who you are. I want to know what I'm dealing with up front. So I think let the people who are filled with hate, let them reveal themselves. And you don't get wrapped up into that. I don't get wrapped up into somebody else's hatred. That's not my place. My place is to wrap everybody that is in my community with love and kindness and support and encouragement and remind them not to get so distracted that they get pulled away from their God-given assignment. Because sometimes things are happening in the world that some of it we can't control. Some of it we can hope to make baby steps towards making change. But like we were having this conversation before we recorded, and this is not new. 
This is not new for black people. 30 years ago, we were looking at this on TV with Rodney King. And now here we are. So maybe to some of the millennials and the new folks, this seems new, but this is not new. So some of it, I believe, is meant to distract us from the things that we're meant to do that will help us to create change, which is sharing your voice, speaking up and sharing your perspective, creating your own economy, uh, putting yourself into positions where you are able to make change because you're able to get into those positions of, of power. So don't get distracted is my encouragement at the end of the day. Don't get so distracted. Yes, you can be concerned. Yes, you should be involved. But I think the biggest thing is don't get so distracted that you sit and you do nothing. Because what happens when you leave that TV on 24-7 and that's all you're hearing repeated over and over? It does something to your spirit. And when your spirit starts to feel broken, now you don't want to execute in the world. You don't want to sell nothing. You don't want to serve anybody. You don't want to share your voice. You're just sitting on the couch stuck. And then the next day you wake up and you do the same thing. And it's a cycle. It's a vicious, toxic cycle. So the people who are hating, let them reveal themselves. You stay wrapped in love, kindness, forgiveness, and prayer and implementing and stay focused on your divine assignment. Because George Floyd, he wasn't promised another day, but neither are you. And hopefully it will never be at the hands of what he had to experience that was horrific, but you still don't know if you're going to open your eyes tomorrow. So the question is, what impact are you creating with your voice today? You can mm -hmm. never take that for granted and feel like you get to put that on tomorrow's to-do list. Woo! Listen, this is why this is Dr. Sherwood. Y'all better listen. Listen. <laughs> I want to touch on this mental health thing you said. I'm taking notes while you're talking. This is so good. So I want to touch on this mental health thing because I feel like so many people right now, and I, I'll speak for myself. So I know what it takes, the requirement to continue to elevate high, right? Yeah. It's shutting down distraction. You know, sometimes you cannot participate in what is going on. But for many of us, and, and myself included, there's this worry or insecurity that focusing on elevating myself or focusing on maintaining my vibration is selfish right now. Mm. It feels selfish. It feels self-centered. Yeah. So what would your advice be for people that are like, I want to use my platform. I want to use my voice. I am just as hurt as so many other people. I want change, but I feel paralyzed. I can't even act right now because I've watched more news and more hurt and more videos of people being beaten in the last 48 hours than I have in my entire life. Yeah. And I feel like I can't talk and I can't say anything. You just said it. It's like you become paralyzed and you can't act. So people want to go and focus on their mental health. But what that requires is turning off Instagram, turning off Facebook, turning off the news and getting centered and aligned again. But that kind of feels selfish right now. Mm, that's such a great just topic that that whole conversation right there. And what I would say is this, I would challenge you to go back to the core of why you said yes to being in business. Why mm. did you say yes to launching your business? Was it for you? I don't think so. Your business should always be bigger than you. So I don't care if COVID is happening. I don't care if political unrest and racial unrest is happening. If you go back to the fundamental reason why you said yes to launching the business, it should have been because it was bigger than you. You said yes because you wanted to serve and help and support other people. So why would you not want to serve, support and help other people now when we're in one of the toughest times we've ever been in in most of us in our entire lives? Like this is when people need you to step up to the plate, not shrink back and be quiet. Because if you don't show up, somebody's not going to get what they need to get to their next level. If you don't show up, somebody's not going to get what they need to keep their mental stability intact. Somebody's not going to get what they need to feel like, okay, I can move past this. 
So you got to make it bigger than you. Everything I do in my business is, I always say this, I say this about your story and your business, your story and your business. Both of them are about you, but they ain't for you. Your story is about you, but it ain't for you. Your business is about you, but it ain't for you. It is to bless someone else in a space where they're able to create transformation in their own life based on the goods and the value that you bring to the table. So how dare you have something that somebody needs? Mm. How dare you have something that somebody needs right now in these tumultuous times and you sit on it because you're so busy thinking about yourself? Now, that is what I call selfish. Well, you just woke me up. Thank you. (laughs) We need you. Like you're an amazing, powerful woman. And if I come and I watch Jessica still grinding and moving and still pressing forward and still being positive and keeping her energy high, you automatically give me permission to do the same. But if I come and I watch you and you're silent and you're quiet and you're still and you're held hostage and you're muted, you give me permission to do the same thing. No, we have got to break that cycle and we've got to step up and we've got to show people through our actions that it's okay to still serve because somebody's waiting on you. Mm, Guys, y'all, woo! Thank you, thank you, thank you. Because I personally needed to hear that today. Mm. Thank you. That iron sharpens iron, Jessica. Iron sharpens iron. And I promise you that one of the first things I did when I was thinking about how was I going to respond, because I don't normally get into politics and all the stuff that we see, I don't normally get into that on my pages or anything like that. But the reality and the truth is, I'm a black woman who has two black sons, 12 and 13, and a black husband. So yes, I'm impacted by everything that's happening that I see. So what I did was I went to my coach's page and I'm like, well, let me see how she's responding. That was important to me because she is the leader who's 30 steps in front of me. So I always have to be able to look and say, what are the leaders around me doing? How are they responding? How are they? Because that's going to inspire me in some way. And when I saw that she had put the blackout page on her IG page, I was like, okay, that gave me permission. I'm like, if that's the person who's 30 steps ahead of me and I look to her for inspiration and empowerment and motivation, I'm looking at her also for her example. What's the talk that she's walking, right? Like you can't just talk the talk, you got to walk the talk. So when I saw that, that gave me permission. That freed me to feel like, oh, I couldn't talk about it. No, now she gave me permission. So your actions, it will inadvertently and automatically give somebody else permission. This goes back to... I love that you said that it goes back to, I tell every podcaster when they sign on with us, I say, listen, you have to do X amount of episodes per month. And they'll, sometimes they'll go, well, that's crazy. Like, I don't even know that I'm going to have that type of time. And I'm like, well, our job is to make this easy on you, but you have to understand as soon as you sign on as a podcast host, you take on a responsibility. You take on responsibility. You're saying, I want to start a show that people can rely on for content on a regular Mm -hmm. basis that is consistent, that will fuel me, feed me, transform me and help me transition. But you can't decide when you're going to do it or you don't get to decide like, I'll do it when I'm motivated. You're Mm -hmm. either committing to responsibility or you're not. And so you saying that this, you're looking at your coaches and other people are looking at us as please give me permission because you have the responsibility of guiding me and leading me. So please act accordingly so that I have permission to do what I want to do and how I want to speak up in these moments. Mm-mm-mm. So I think we had a little disconnect. Can you, can I you saw repeat? it. Okay. So can you repeat that? Yeah. So I was just explaining that I really think that we have a responsibility when you sign on as an author, when you sign on as a podcast host, when you sign on as a content contributor, you're committing to a responsibility as a leader and a guider to anyone like, like you said, you're looking up to your coaches, people are looking up to you and I, 
to give them permission to speak up. Yeah. This is a responsibility to transform, transition, and inform and inspire other people. So yep. you can't be silent in these moments. You've already taken on a responsibility. It's almost too late. Yeah. And that's so good. That's so juicy because if you think about it at its root, that's why people don't start business. And that's why they go out of business because nobody wants to have responsibility. Mm. People don't want to be obligated. No, you're obligated. Yes. Once you sign up and you say, yes, I'm going to do the podcast. Now you're obligated because you people have entrusted their life with you. People yes. have entrusted their future, their hopes, their beliefs in you based on the things that you say, based on what you express and articulate and share, based on how you lead them and guide them. Now that is responsibility at its highest capacity. And so many business owners don't want to take ownership of their responsibility. They just want to make money. And that's why your business has to be more than just making money. It has to be something that you are so rooted in and, and you are so willing to stand on no matter what's happening that you always show up and you show up powerfully and ready to lead the people who are following. Even when it's uncomfortable for you. Even when it's uncomfortable. That's it. That's a cop out. I was telling people that on my live the other day is that if you feel uncomfortable, that's more the reason the space in which you feel the most uncomfortable. And the fact that you feel uncomfortable should be the true calling as to why you must speak because you've already taken the responsibility of being a voice to ignite, expire, transform and transition people. This is the moment you have to speak. Yes. You have to. That's the responsibility and the commitment that you signed up for. I have a mentor that always said it like this and it's simple, but it just always, I always think about it. And she'll say like, what are the two things you know about Starbucks? And I'm like, and she <laughs> says, what hours they're open and what mm. they offer. Yeah, That's it. And she said, because you will never walk up the Starbucks door and see a sign that says, you know, my daughter had a recital today, so Ooh. we're not open. Or you will never see a sign like I'm having an off day, so I'm taking a mental health day. No, they have a responsibility to give the community a product and a service that they look forward to every single mm. day. So running a true business is being committed to that responsibility, whether it is you, it is your team or someone. But if you've taken on this responsibility and commitment to lead, boy, this uncomfortable time is the time. It is the time for you to speak. You are required. That is so good. I will never forget that. I love that. Like those are the two things you know, that what their hours are and what they sell and that you're going to show up and they're going to be there waiting for you. And that's what we, the responsibility we have to assume as business owners. And I piggyback also on something that you said about it being uncomfortable, like it's supposed to be. I share with every client that I serve, if it don't scare you, it can't grow you. Mm -hmm. If it is not scary, that means you are now in a space of comfort and familiarity, which means you're no longer growing. When you hear people say, oh, I could do this with my eyes closed, blindfolded, my hands tied behind my back. Okay, that's great that you've mastered that thing. But what are you doing that's stretching you? That's growing you? that's requiring you to do things you've never done before that make your heart pound and your palms sweat. Those are the things that you have to be pursuing. And right now in what we're in, for some of us, this is that uncomfortable space, but you become such an amazing leader when you're willing to intentionally face what scares you. And listen, this goes back to, you just said something, having goals that scare you. We get so tied up as business owners about how to make money, which I think is required because that's what that's what actually makes your LLC a business. You can have an <laughs> LLC and never make any money. And then you do not have a business. Amen. You know, I laid in bed with my fiance last night and he said, you know, 
he kind of wanted to get away from the conversation we've been having every night. And he said, what are some things you really want to cover now? Like, what are some of your goals? And I listed them all off. And he said, those are ways to make money. Give me like mm. a big goal for 2020, like something that scares you. And I was like, huh, you know, like, I don't, I don't think I've thought about that this year, you know? And he was like, I really could see you writing a book about people being stuck and pulling them out of that place. There's like the 200 interviews that you've done with people about owning their stranded phase. And I was like, I've talked about it before, but that's a goal that scares me. That's something that makes my heart beat. That's something that makes me like, you have to have those things throughout the year to really hold on to and guide you or else you just start focusing on things that are ways to make money. And those aren't goals. Yeah. And that'll never fulfill you all the way. Like money is great. I love having money to do what I want when I want. But at the end of the day, even when money is rolling in, if my heart isn't filled, if my spirit doesn't feel good about what I'm doing, there is still a void. So you can have all the money in the world and still have a void. Like just think about some of the people that we've lost in the past two years who have taken their lives, but have plenty of money, Mm. plenty of money. I mean, I can think of three of them off the top of my head, plenty of money in the bank. But when you're not walking in the path called purpose, and passion and serving other people and transform other people's lives and legacy, there will always be a void and you'll be busy trying to figure out what's missing. And that's the part that's missing. So I love that. You're absolutely right that you can't, it can't just be bottom line. Oh, what's going to make me a quick amount of money real quick, real fast, but there's no real soul connection to what you're doing. Facts. Oh my goodness. You said this phrase earlier and I want to get into this. You said creating your own economy. Mm-hmm. And it just sounds, <laughs> when you say creating your own, this is so funny. I pictured this like an Etch-A-Sketch. Like when you write this, that what it really like, when it phases out, it says like true freedom. Yes. Like your own economy. It just really like, if you were to brush it with a brush, it really says true freedom. So explain what you mean, because you just came out, you just authored your 12th book called uh, Courageous Enough to Launch, yes. which sounds a lot like creating your own economy. Explain what you mean by this. Oh my God. So how many of us, you know, have worked in a corporate setting or some other setting, even if it's private sector, and we get so dependent upon someone else stroking us a check at the end of every two weeks? Like I did. I can only talk about it because I've been through it. I worked in corporate America for 15 years, Jessica, as a legal secretary. So every day I went to a cubicle and I shuffled papers, but I was good at what I did. I used to be, you know, and I think sometimes we get caught up in title, but a title doesn't give you freedom. Somebody writing you a check every two weeks, that doesn't give you freedom. So I wanted, I was craving financial freedom because I knew that if I had financial freedom, that would also always give me time freedom and it would also give me creative freedom. So I wanted that domino effect, financial freedom, which will give me time freedom and creative freedom. And so when I say creating your own economy, it is not relying on somebody else's big dream to finance your dream. Because when you're working for someone else and we're not bashing jobs, that's not what we're doing here because jobs paid my bills for a real long time, 15 years. So we're not bashing jobs. We're just trying to get you to the space where you understand what building your own economy is all about. When you are working for someone else, you're in effect building somebody else's dream. You're generating revenue for their dream. My name was never going to be on the outside of the building of the law firms that I work for ever. So never. that was really, that was never going to be my legacy. God gave you 30 extra years. Never. I, okay. It didn't matter how long I sat there. I could have retired and still my legacy would never be connected to that dream as somebody else's. So the question is, what's your dream that you're going to connect a financial stimulus into 
so that you have financial freedom. So now it doesn't really matter what's happening in the world economy. I, it doesn't matter to me what's happening on Wall Street. It doesn't matter what's happening because of COVID because I still have control of my own economy. So when you make a decision to step into your own power to say, I get to decide how much I'm going to make, how often I'm going to work. <laughs> and that, of course, is going to come with your level of investing in yourself, investing in, when I say investing, I don't just mean financial investing. I mean, time investment, energy investment. What are you putting in? What are the deposits you're making so that you can withdraw? Sometimes as women, especially, we want to withdraw on a dream, but we don't want to make deposits into it. And you, you can never, I can't go to my ATM right now, Jessica, and put my card in and put my pen in and try to withdraw more than I've already deposited into that bank account. Because you know what it's going to say? You have not deposited enough funds. Sometimes we need to step back and say, how much have I put in so that I can expect to withdraw something greater? So now I'm in my year 10 and I can expect these great withdrawals because I've made all the deposits for years one through nine. So I'm in a space of creating my own economy because I've paid the dues, I've put in the work, I've put in the time, the effort and the investment, financial investment to invest in my own knowledge base so I can bring that to my customer. So all of you have that potential. I, ain't nothing special about me that you don't have. I don't have a special potion or magical, magical formula. I just show up every day ready to work and ready to serve. And that then comes back and serves you well for the long haul. So yes, you have the power to say, this is what I'm great at. These are the goods that I'm sitting on that I can sell to somebody else. Because please know this, even in COVID-19, people are still buying and selling. Buying and selling is still happening. Hold on, I'm gonna show you something real quick. Just so you know, even if they don't see this, you'll know. This is just a couple of the books that I bought recently. Hold on, hold on. You see my second handful? Wait a minute. One, two, I got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven books. And I have five more on the floor that it's I just long. bought. Five more books that I just bought in the past week. Okay. So I'm making a point. Buying and selling is still happening. Every day I have to get up and I have to do my face because I have virtual everything now. Right. I've spent probably $300 on MAC Cosmetics in the past week <laughs> because I got <laughs> to beat my face every day. I right. just bought a, a brand new laptop so that I can efficiently serve my clients. I just bought the iPhone Pro Max for iPhone so I can efficiently serve my clients. Trust me and believe buying and selling is still happening. The only question in terms of creating your own economy is, am I only showing up as a consumer or am I showing up as a producer and a creator so that I can create my own economy? Woo! Listen, I this is so critical for people to understand because I swear, once you become a producer, a creator, and a contributor yep. to society, you will less and less care about consuming. And I know you just talked about how much you buy, but it's so interesting because it costs money to contribute and create and serve. So it's like, it's so funny. I learned this the hard way two years ago. It's like, all of a sudden, all the things I cared about consuming no yep. longer mattered because I wanted that money to go towards creating. Yes. And why am I spending money on makeup? So I can create. Exactly. It's oh. an investment in my business. Your right? cost analysis will, is insane because you'll be like, literally, anytime you spend money, you'll be like, will this make me money in the long run? Okay, if I buy this car, could I find a way for it to make me money in the long run? If I yes. buy this shirt, will I wear this in multiple videos? Okay, all right, maybe. Like you, you will not buy anything once you become a true creator, like content creator and contributor to society, like with your own economy, your own business, 
you will stop being such a consumer. It's like, yes. as soon as I see people buy a bunch of stuff, like unnecessary stuff, I'm like, boy, you got a long way to go. You, got <laughs> you a are a long way to go. You are speaking truth. I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Everything that I'm looking at, okay, how does it impact my bottom line? How does it allow me to serve better? I didn't just go spend almost $3,000 on a new laptop just because it was fun. <laughs> no, it's like, no, I need quicker, faster access to be able to get my stuff out to my people. I'm doing five, six podcast interviews every single day. I got to be able to move. I don't have an hour to sit there and wait for my computer, my laptop to boot up anymore. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No. So, and then things like the ring light, like, okay, I got to make sure I have adequate lighting. Now, let me get the ring light. Okay. Let me get the blue Yeti mic because I'm doing my own podcast. So everything is about how do I invest back into the business so that I can serve at a higher level for the people who are called to be served by me. Mm, this is so good. Okay. So we've gone so far. So I, I want to go back to this one question. How did you go from serving a law firm to 10 years as an entrepreneur, empowering women, truly unleash the power of their voice? How did you go from that to, was it just, you just woke up one day, stood up and said, I'm done. Was this always the plan? Did you always know? Like, what was the final moment that popped the string? Oh my God. So I didn't always, I didn't know how, let me just say that. I didn't know how I was going to become this Dr. Cheryl Wood. That I am today. Nobody does. Right? <laughs> Amen. Nobody Amen. does. Nobody knows. But I think sometimes as women in business, we think we're supposed to have this master blueprint from day one. It don't work like that. A lot of what- will get in your way. Yes. A lot of what I discovered was through being in motion, being in movement. So I learned things because I was doing things. Like <laughs> I'm like, oops. I won't do that again. I won't do it like that again. Or oops, I could do it better this way. But I only discover that, number one, by being curious. Number two, by being a person who's willing to explore and actually take the risk that other people will sit back and say, no, I'm too scared, so I'm not going to take the risk. So in 2009, I found myself as a mother of three. My kids then were two, three, and six, okay? And I was like, I am so tired of getting up every day at 5 a.m. so I can drop them off at 6.30 a.m., go to a job that I don't love, that is not a part of my legacy, work there till six, and then race across town, trying to race time and traffic, trying to get to the kids by 6.30 to pick them up from aftercare. So technically somebody else was raising my kids because they had more time with them than me. They were with somebody else for 12 hours a day. I didn't get 12 hours a day because when I got to them, guess what? They sleepy, they tired, they want dinner, they want a bath and they want night night. So my kids were seeing less of me than they were of somebody else. I was like, that's not okay for me. That really started playing very heavily on my mind, which caused me to start my business in 2009. At the end of 2009, the tipping point for me was my father passed away. So on Thanksgiving day of 2009, that was the first phone call I woke up to was that my father passed away of a massive heart attack in his sleep. He was 59, Jessica, 59 years young. And I know he had stuff to do and stuff that on his list, on his to-do list. It was such a wake up call. Like you don't know that you're going to get tomorrow to do whatever you want to do. So why do you keep existing when you could be living? That's the thing that started ringing in my mind. Why, Cheryl, you are choosing. It is a definitive choice. You are choosing to exist instead of pursuing things that scare you in order to fully live. And that's when I, I launched the business. I did the business for 18 months. I Let me say this. I kept my full-time job. <laughs> I did not quit my job because I still needed to pay for my bill, pay bills. So I didn't just randomly just quit. No, I still had three kids who wanted to eat three times a day, but it was through being consistent and showing up. 18 months later, I got a phone call. So I started a t-shirt business first. 
the t-shirt business I did on the weekends. It was a mommy t-shirt business. I would sell these t-shirts at vendor events, conferences, all that kind of stuff. 18 months later, someone heard about the t-shirt business and offered me an opportunity to come and speak at Morgan State University at a women's ooh, conference. Ooh, ooh. And that was on September 18th, 2010. And it was that day that I realized I was born to speak. I was so nervous. My heart was pounding. My palms were sweating. Like I was like, oh my God, why did I say yes? Why? I was regretting taking the risk. But then I just kept saying, Cheryl, just give yourself permission to say yes. Like we got to give ourselves permission to say yes more than we say no, because yes. when you say yes, it opens doors of opportunity that otherwise you would not experience. It opens new relationships, new opportunities. But when you say no, it becomes somebody else's opportunity to say yes. So had I said no, because I didn't feel qualified, because at the time I wasn't a speaker, I didn't have speaker experience. I didn't feel like they should have even called me. In fact, when they did call me and asked me to speak, I laughed and said, I think you dialed the wrong number. <laughs> You're not looking for me because I didn't feel qualified. So get that word qualified out of your mind. Have you been called to do the thing that you're doing? And I mean, when I say calling, I mean, like, it's the thing that wakes you up in the middle of the night. It's the thing that won't let you go to sleep at night. You wake up thinking about it. You think you're doodling about it. You're journaling about it, all of that. And it won't leave you alone. It just keeps tapping you on the shoulder. That's when you know it's a calling. And I don't want you to go down a whole list of qualifications. Well, I, I have this and I have this and I have this and I have this. Oh, but I don't have these five things, so I can't do it. Give yourself permission to mess it up and jack it up before you get it right. Mm. So I went to that speaking engagement, September 18, 2010, got on that stage. Don't know if I did it right or not, but what I do know is how it made me feel. Mm. What I do know is the transformation and the light that I could see in the eyes of the women who were listening to me. And I realized, oh my God, there's something that I'm sitting on that somebody else is waiting on that will change their life and change my life in the process. And from that day forward, I was like, I'm going to be a speaker. And so look, I started introducing myself when I went to events. <laughs> I would say, oh, I'm not Dr. Cheryl Wood at the time, but I'm Cheryl Wood. Hi, I'm Cheryl Wood. I'm an international motivational speaker. I had never left Baltimore. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I love this. Born, born and raised in Baltimore. I had never been outside the confines of Baltimore, Maryland, because I grew up in poverty, but I was introducing myself how I wanted to be seen and viewed. Sometimes you have to. I was introducing myself the way I wanted people to see me and speaking life into my own dream and my own vision at the same time before I ever left Baltimore. And so that belief, working on my beliefs, working on my mindset, working on what I told myself, eliminating toxic self-limiting beliefs, which I had a whole lot of, that is what kept me on the journey and on the path. And so I kept sewing. I kept showing up. Three things I did consistently, show up, speak up, and follow up. Those three things had to be a consistent part of my journey. On, like literally on automatic rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, show up, speak up, follow up, Cheryl. So how often are you showing up? Where are you showing up? When you get there, are you sitting in the back of the room or are you speaking up and are you connecting and networking with people? Even now in the virtual space, are you collaborating? Are you connecting? Are you reaching out to people? Just like I reached out to you, Jessica. I'm like, oh, I like what she's doing. I want to connect with her. That requires me speaking up. I can't just think that by through osmosis, we're going to get connected. No, right. I got to speak up and say something and then follow up. What's your follow up like? If you have an opportunity to connect with someone, do you stay connected? Do you come back and follow up with people who are potential prospects? So that three-part formula has served me well. That's why you're talking to this Dr. Sherwood. I've taken risks that scare me so much. I've taken risks that have required huge financial investments. I've taken risks that other people ran in the opposite direction. And I've made a whole lot of mistakes. But every mistake became nothing more than information learned that helped me to get it better the next go around. 
I talk about this on every episode about gaining data points. Mm. Oh my goodness. Okay. You said so many things. So I want to hit on really quick when you talked about your first speaking engagement on stage and you said you looked out into the crowd and just the women's eyes, how you knew that they were moved. And I always have felt like there's two types of speakers. There's just literally two types of speakers and neither one of them qualify you. But there are two types of speakers. There are speakers that speak to add the accolade to their name. Mm -hmm. They speak literally without perfecting, without crafting their message, without not to say that they're the bad guys, but you know, they're doing it to add the title speaker to their name. And then there's people like you and I, that's exactly how I explain it. I was just on a podcast recently and she was like, you know, what makes you not scared to get on stage? I said, cause it's not about getting on stage. Yep. It is literally about when you are done that, you know, for a fact that those women will feel a certain way, you know, when you get off that stage, you're going to have some of the most incredible conversations of women that feel like they, someone put words to stuff they've been feeling their entire lives that they don't know how to put words to. Yes. That's why I get excited to speak on stage. Yeah. It is not about the actual act of standing on a stage in front of thousands of people. It's the act of saying something and putting words to something that these women have been suffering from that they've never been able to articulate. Yep. You know what I call that? That's the difference between talking and speaking. Mm. There's a big difference between talking and speaking. And there are some people who label themselves as speakers, but all they're doing is talking. They they're talking talk. at you. Yeah. They just came to talk. But speaking is a, goes back to the word you used earlier. It's a responsibility mm -hmm. because when you're speaking, you're speaking into people's lives, into their spirit, into their soul, into their hopes, their beliefs, their future, their dreams. Speaking into is very different than talking. Y'all, if you've got this calling on your heart, I really want you to listen to this episode because this means so much. It's not about qualifying yourself. It's not about gaining more accolades. It's it maybe speaking is or is not for you. I hope this brings you clarity. But if you are truly concerned with the feeling that you give people when you talk to them, then this is something that you need to explore all day long. Amen. <laughs> and I want to highlight what you said too. And I do not want to compare what's going on to the passing of your father because I cannot imagine what that felt like, that loss. And again, I'm, I'm sorry for that. But you said that, and I've been thinking about this lately, and I think this is just a different perspective to look at in which the way of things are going on. Every incredible entrepreneur that I've spoken to, for the most part, especially the ones that I admire, have had dreams like this on their heart, always had the why. But for some reason, it takes some insane circumstance to activate that why. For me, it was almost losing my son when he almost, when I almost lost him, mm. it, you know, that activated my why I knew I had a gift of speaking for a long time. I was, I spoke on stages in fifth grade, like, you know, but I just kind of buried it for a while. And that activated my why, like you said, I went from existing to living, you know, you lost your father and you said, this is enough. Enough is enough. We almost have to, for a lot of us, we have to go through an insane circumstance to wake us up and to really create actual change. And so I want some of you that might be stressed or concerned or uncertain right now and the things that are going on between COVID-19, you know, and just the unjust racism that's going on in America, acknowledging that racism is a thing, these moments are required. They are required for significant change. If you can watch individuals transform their entire lives based off unforeseen crazy circumstances, I want you to imagine that once this kind of blows over and we get out of the uncomfortable phase, how much this will change America. Yep. 
Absolutely. You're right. Anytime we experience a loss of any sort, it is a direct opportunity for self-reflection, right? Like my sister just posted about a fellow woman in business who passed away just a couple of days ago. And then she came and called me last night and told me about a fellow male entrepreneur who passed away yesterday, literally back to back. And they were both like in their 40s or something, something crazy. And yeah, and those are moments to reflect on what am I doing with my time? What am I doing with my life? Am I being intentional or am I just kind of just taking whatever life hands me? There's a quote that I live by that says, you don't get what you deserve. You only get what you demand. And so for some of us, it's a wake up call that we got to really start showing up to demand that we create the time freedom, the financial freedom, the creative freedom that we want, and that we stop just allowing ourselves to be in that space where we're held hostage to what we don't want. Like you get to choose, you get to choose. And every day that you wake up, it's a new choice. It's a new decision. Do I choose to show up in the world powerfully? Do I choose to shift my energy and focus on what's going right, not what's going wrong? Do I choose to focus on problem solving and shifting people's lives and transformation? Or do I choose to stay stuck in feelings of despair and desperation where I focus more on what I can't control than what I can control? That's a daily decision and a daily choice. Goodness. Oh my goodness. Do y'all hear this? This should wake somebody up today. This better wake you up. Dr. Cheryl Woods, you were absolutely incredible. You have so much to offer the world. So I want you to tell my audience, first and foremost, thank you. Just thank you for dropping all these gems Mm. and waking us up today and just making us feel like, I just think everybody should have a better understanding of how, how to wake yourself up and really live life on your own terms and just where you fit in all of what's going on right now. So thank you so much for that. Thank you for having me. This dialogue has been so rich, even for my spirit. And do you understand like, this is why we have to show up? Yes. (laughs) This is why. I feel so good. I'm going to like dance down the hallway now. Yeah. (laughs) And I equally feel good because you're sharing things that from a perspective I don't have and vice versa. And it's iron sharpening iron. That's why we got to keep showing up. So yeah, I love it. Thank you for having me. So tell my audience where they can stalk you, work with you, learn more about you because you have so much to offer. I love faithful stalkers and you can stalk me. You can stalk me all across social media at Cheryl Empowers. That's with an F on the end. Cheryl Empowers. I hang out on IG, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I'm kind of everywhere. (laughs) So everything is Cheryl Empowers. It's all consistent. And then even my website is CherylEmpowers.com. Dr. Cheryl, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on The Stranded Face today. Thank you. Keep being amazing. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.